Welcome to the discussion, Improving the Digital Customer Experience in Government, sponsored by Zendesk. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Ed Walters. He's the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration. Dr. Linda Davis is the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. We've got Chris Green. He's the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for the Student Experience and Aid Delivery for Student Federal Aid at the Department of Education. And Maria Country, the Regional Vice President at Zendesk. It is good to have you all on. Our topic today is customer experience, customer satisfaction, delivering services in the way that Americans and our other constituents, that is other agencies as the case might be, or institutional uh, constituents, want to get them and to try to match the kind of experience they get when dealing with the best of the private sector. We don't want to say all of the private sector because some of that's behind government when it comes to service delivery. But why don't we start with this question to kind of set the scene here, and that is what is it your agency is trying to accomplish in customer experience, customer service? And we'll start with Ed Walters of GSA. Hey, Tom. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm first time on the show. really appreciate it. I know you had Tracy Martini, um, our head of human resources on the other day, and we're, we're glad to be here. Um, we have customer experience challenges similar to other organizations out there, but I'm proud to say that my predecessors and the leadership at GSA and all the employees have really built a customer-centric culture. So I think it's really that understanding on what our purpose is for existing and supporting the, the customers. Um, we also have done an excellent job with what we were terming the voice of the customer. So looking all, at all the customer data that's already available out there through web analytics, other data that's collected um, directly from those in our agency that deal with our customers. And then on top of that, doing robust surveys to fill in the gap. Um, we are able to listen that way to, through all these mechanisms on what the customer needs are we're able then to understand and think of things from a human-centered design standpoint and methodology, and then we're able to act. And I would say we've been very successful at making incremental uh, improvements to our products and services. Um, my team, the OCE, Office of Customer Experience, has been very successful in building strategy, research, um, capacity building. So we do things for others in the organization. As you know, we have PBS, we have FAS, and then under FAS, we have TTS that does a lot throughout the government for transformation technology services. Um, and we just try to make sure we're integrating ourselves with all those other organizations and build that capacity. So we've been very successful at not only building that culture, um, at the top of the agency and providing that advice and expertise at the top of the agency, but we see customer experience being realized um, at the grassroots level too. So it's sort of a top down approach and a bottoms up approach, which I've been very excited about. Thanks. And of course, in many ways, GSA has as its main constituent other federal agencies in great measure, correct? Yes, um, we not only support within our office, GSA, but we uh, support agencies and like uh, Linda and her team has participated on CAP goals. Um, we've been very engaged and, and Linda will probably talk something about something later called the CX um, cookbook that they were primarily the author of, but I'm proud to say that our teammates also got together with their team and other cross-functional, uh, other agency customer experience professionals to produce that. Um, we're also working on a CX toolkit uh, that we're gonna make available that brings together case studies and tools. So one of the things I'm very excited about the customer experience community and the federal government is how collaborative we are and how we're not working in silos. We're really thinking about how do we support other agencies and ultimately support um, the American public. Okay, since you were mentioned next, Dr. Davis, why don't you go ahead and tell us there's so many domains that Veterans Affairs operates in with 14, 15, 16, 18 million veterans that it deals with. Tell us your customer experience goals and strategies. Thank you very much, Tom. It's an honor to be with everyone today. Um, 
we were fortunate that in 2015, then Secretary McDonald identified um, the need for customer experience, customer service. And in 2018, our current secretary, Wilkie, made that the number one priority. So the Veteran Experience Office, which I lead, has been able to um, bring in the best in um, data, tools, technology, and personnel to support all of those applications in service to our veterans, our families, caregivers, and survivors to make sure every single day that they have what they need in terms of the, the benefits they've earned, the care they've earned, and all the resources and services. Now, of course, um, um, we were um, doing that for several years, and thank goodness, because when COVID struck, um, we not only had the responsibility to ensure the life and safety of our veterans and their uh, caregivers and survivors in many, many cases, but also we have a fourth um, uh, requirement and that is to support the civilian sector as needed. So um, during this time, our greatest challenge has been to apply all of these capabilities we already have um, and Ed alluded to, to many of them that are similar to his um, that we've shared in our, in our CX cookbook, but um, we've applied them during the um, Operation Warp Speed, especially in areas like clinical trial outreach, um, how you get research and the vaccines to do the trials um, and how we're supporting our staff in their delivery of care in these challenging times. Um, we start our delivery of services, not only during um, uh, pandemics, but every single day by listening to the voice of the veteran. And that is whether they're through the surveys, through our hotline and agent calls, whether it's through direct engagement in the communities. Um, we have a variety of ways in which we listen. Once we understand what the veterans wanted, um, and we did this a, a quick assessment during COVID, um, we wanted to respond applying our data tools and technology to what matters most to them. So veterans told us right away that we're concerned about the safety in the medical facilities. They wanted to see people wearing masks. They wanted to be able to make sure it was clean. They wanted to have telehealth access physical distancing, things that we're using on the outside. So just a couple quick um, examples of what we were able to do using all the capabilities of um, um, the data tools and technologies. Um, we developed an app, for instance, that enables veterans to sit in their car and be notified when their appointment is ready so they don't have to wait in a facility. We have a green gloves initiative to make sure that, that the staff are empowered to, to demonstrate that the facilities are clean. Our 411 contact center allows um, veterans to do a, a self-assessment for information that they need. We've sent out um, over 40 million vet text announcements directly to veterans, letting them know what the facility that serves them, its capacity, when they should come in, very specific tailored information. We've created virtual action centers, one stops virtually that have brought in all the expertise of the department to be able to assist and serve them. Numerous, numerous things we've been able to do because we were ready with the data tools and technology and the entire um, uh, our, our staff. Hey, Tom. Yeah, so the senior. Can I jump in real Sorry. quick? I just wanted to congratulate Linda because I am a veteran who is using your facilities. I've noticed a big difference. I've been operated on at the VA facility um, here in Washington, D.C. I've uh -huh. gone to many different appointments and I've noticed your initiatives and I want to congratulate you also on the digital customer experience that you're providing um, where it is very evident of the effort in terms of multiple ways to sign in verify credentials and go to one place to get your medication look at your medical appointments and all those other things that you added that are COVID related I, I congratulate you on and your team and um, the secretary on the flexibility 
that you give, and it's it's really noticeable from a a, a consumer veteran standpoint. All right, it's good to have some customer testimony right here on the panel. And uh, Chris Green of the Student Aid Office at the Department of Education, you've got a whole different constituent and a very large one. Tell us about your customer experience strategy. Sure. Uh, Happy New Year, Tom. Thanks so much for having us on. It, as uh, as Dr. Davis said, it's a real honor to be amongst my colleagues uh, across government. Um, so it, Office of Federal Student Aid, as the name implies, we administer the student aid programs to help uh, students go to uh, pursue college, uh, career schools, things of that nature. Um, if you've ever taken out uh, a direct loan or you have a Pell Grant or you completed the FAFSA, you've, you've worked with us. Uh, we have about 44 million customers. Um, many of them are people who are either going to school or in school. And then a whole lot of those are customers who have taken out direct loans um, or other types of aid like that and are paying us back. Um, so we have real challenges. Um, some of the challenges we face is that we have a very disjointed experience um, and it's not something that we set out to do, it is what it is. So for example, a student will apply um, using the FAFSA for federal student aid from us. They will then get aid dispersed by the school with no reference to, to the Department of Education. The student will then get out of college if they have a loan um, we'll get a, we'll begin to make payments to a third party that has no real connection to the Department of Education and isn't branded uh, as such. Um, and so, you know, in many instances, this is the first time um, the, the, these customers are dealing with the federal government. It's the first time they're dealing with commercial credit. And so having this disjointed experience um, and coupling that with kind of these firsts in people's lives, um, really makes it critically important for us to get this right. So about two years ago in 2018, we um, sat down to really map out what are our true customer pain points. Um, we went out, we interviewed customers, we interviewed people in the community, we talked to schools, um, you know, and we talked to community associates to say, what is troubling people? And some of the things, you know, clearly stem from the things we already knew. There were things that we learned that we didn't know. Um, we took those findings Things like, you know, I don't know who to contact. I don't know what phone number to contact. You know, when we service 44 million, 40 odd million borrowers, we have 11 different servicers. Each one has their own 800 number. People don't know where to go. So uh, after compiling all this information, we put a plan together called Next Gen FSA. And we started that uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and what that's really meant to do is create the best customer experience possible for these folks. Um, that's commensurate with, you know, Apple, um, you know, any Fortune 100 bank or corporation in, in the U.S. or some of my peers here on the, on, on the call. Um, and so that's what we've been undertaking. Um, it is not something that happens overnight. Uh, it will take us several more years, but the idea is to create a single unified experience with federal student aid as a trusted partner to help folks gain the resources they need to go to college and then to manage their obligations once they complete it. Interesting. Yeah. So again, the data idea and talking to actual customers and constituents seems to be the basis. And so let's ask Maria Country of Zendesk, what are the trends you see across the government? How are people approaching this from your view that spans many of the agencies? Yeah, so, I mean, I think in listening to Ed, Linda, and Chris, I think a lot of them um, are similarly somewhat challenged and also ahead of the game as far as wanting to listen to their customers, right? I mean, it all starts with understanding what the challenges are the customers are facing. I think in this 2020 unprecedented time, what we're seeing, and Dr. Davis had said that they kind of had a head start, which was great. There are unprecedented volumes now. That's what we're seeing across the government. They're, they're really challenged with the unprecedented volumes that they're trying to handle with constituents, um, and even internal government employees trying to get information to help service constituents. And then put on top of that, the remote workforce challenge. We saw that also in the private sector, but in the, in the government sector as well. So how do you not only handle these unprecedented volumes, but then how do you service them when you can't have the same volume of people staffed in an office to help 
you know, to help service them. So those are really the two, two big challenges we've seen, especially in 2020 during this time of the pandemic. Interesting. Okay, we're going to pull on all of those threads, but right now we're going to take a short break. My guests today are Ed Walters, the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration. Dr. Linda Davis is the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Veterans Affairs Department. Chris Green is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for the Student Experience and Aid Delivery for the Federal Student Aid Program at the Department of Education. And Maria Country is the Regional Vice President at Zendesk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. Our discussion is improving the digital customer experience in government, sponsored by Zendesk here on Federal News Network. Government organizations rely on Zendesk to deliver the best possible constituent and employee user experiences. Zendesk helps government organizations provide customer service at any scale. Zendesk's easy-to-use, secure customer service platform allows your teams to centralize communication, streamline workflows, and analyze trends while they're happening. Our tools help government agencies manage COVID-19 response and remote workforces. That means greater efficiency and happier citizens and employees. Zendesk is a FedRAMP-authorized solution. Learn more at Zendesk.com FNN. Welcome back to our panel discussion, Improving Digital Customer Experience in Government, sponsored by Zendesk here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Ed Walters, the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration. Dr. Linda Davis is the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Chris Green is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for the Student Experience and Aid Delivery Office for Federal Student Aid at the Department of Education. And Maria Country is the Regional Vice President at Zendesk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin, and I want to get into the issue of the fact that service delivery for government, just as it is for commercial industry, is not single channel. We have online, we have mobile, we have online chats, and we also have in-person for that matter still. So my question is, and we'll start with you, Chris Green, is how do you integrate all of the different disparate channels that our customers expect in such a way that the customer experience is both informed and consistent from channel to channel? Sure, sure. Thanks for the question, Tom. It's a great one. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked a little bit about our pain point analysis, and one of the things that became abundantly clear to us was that um, different customers like to communicate with us in different ways. And so we want to have the ability to provide them the opportunity to communicate with us on the mode of their choice, at the time of their choice. And so we put a lot of effort into trying to understand how they communicate with us, what makes sense, um, and giving them the resources and the tools um, to do it at a time and, and on a device of their choice. Um, you know, you know, some of my colleagues talked earlier about um, producing an app. We launched an app a few years ago to give folks, you know, more and more of, of our customer base are, are using phones and tablets and things like that. Um, and we really needed to give them the channel to do that. Um, we, you know, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, we have 11 different servicers with 11 different phone numbers, 1-800 numbers. We consolidated all those phone numbers into a single 1-800 number um, that customers can call and then get automatically routed uh, to, to the servicer uh, that, that, that has their loans. Um, that's for that portion of the customers that want to use phones. For those that want to use um, the web, as I said, we consolidated um, a series of websites. Uh, I've been at FSA for quite a while. We used to have literally on the order of 60, 70, 80 websites. We're now down to a single website that we've consolidated to, studentaid.gov. You can get everything you need um, from learning about the student aid programs to applying for the student aid programs to repaying your loans. Um, and so everything was consolidated there for, for customers who want to use the web. Customers who want to use uh, a mobile device, they can use an app. By the way, all of our websites are mobile responsive. So whatever device you want to use, um, it'll give you a better experience. And so we've really put a lot of time and effort in trying to understand what their, their habits are. Um, clearly on, on, the, on the call center side, um, there's a lot of effort put in there we know when people call. We know from a cyclical basis from our business when they call. We know from a weekly basis, you know, they tend to call on Mondays because we are not open on Saturdays and Sundays. So we need to staff up accordingly. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into looking at the metrics, understanding, um, 
you know, what's best and gives the optimal experience for our customers and then adjusting our, 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 our service delivery uh, to meet those needs. Linda, it sounds like there's a lot of back-end work that needs to be done to support that multi-mode, multi-channel experience so that it is consistent and informed for whoever they comes in and how they come in. Absolutely. And at the VA, it, just like Chris identified, it was very, very important to give choice to our over 20 million customers. Um, veterans, their families, caregivers, survivors, different ages, some rural um, etc. And we wanted to make sure they had a way to reach us that was convenient, first of all, to them. So um, that back-end work, integrating those channels, you first had to create the framework that said, first we listen, but then once we listen, how do we uh, standardize and capture in one consolidated area, we call it VA, um, our VA profile, and also our VA's customer experience data warehouse, where we and it enables us to have all the information we uh, collect from the veterans in one place, especially related to their benefits and their medical records, et cetera. But with that in hand, not only is it important to keep contemporary in terms of technology, but to understand that the, the technology is secondary to the personal interactions. And even if that is how we train the, um, the agents or how you use the chatbot. You know, what kinds of responses do we have? Is there a knowledge management library that ensures clear, easy to understand, consistent responses across the profiles? Um, just three quick examples. Um, we now use all of this based on the, the uh, first doing the human-centered design and listening with the veterans is we now have 65 what we call V-signal surveys that in real time ask our veterans, what was your experience when you went to the hospital? What was your experience when you um, had a loved one that uh, had to be served at a cemetery? When you had a, medic, uh, a board appeal? Um, and that information goes directly back to those who manage the service delivery so they can fix it if there's one veteran having a service recovery problem or if there's multiple veterans that have a program improvement. That's really important in things like pharmacy hours and the delivery of, of medications, as you can imagine. We've gotten 2.2 million free text comments that tell us compliments, concerns, and recommendations through those. In our technology, our contact centers, Chris mentioned contact center consolidation. We have not only the White House VA hotline that answers live agent um, concerns from vex veterans 24 seven, but we now have the 411, our consolidated single front door that lets a veteran choose whether they want to you know, self-inform um, themselves or go to a live agent. And um, we've had 2.8 million um, customers served just through that newest one. But finally, as you pointed out, Tom, the in-person is so key. And here's where we have two things. During COVID, we have our veteran uh, virtual experience action centers. We went online with state um, and local um, agency services with nonprofits from veteran service organizations, corporations, and we put together a capability to reach a veteran where they were in their home, rural, underserved, disabled, and to give them one appointment with all of these people on the line at the same time, pre-triage to support them with the benefits. And also we've been able to do um, our vet resources, pushing out information they can use very simply, very clearly. We've had over 44 million clicks on that. We've had over a billion contacts with veterans just initiating that new platform. Wow, some amazing numbers here. That rivals any retailer you can think of that's operating nationwide. And Ed, let me ask you this. You know, GSA has, as the federal government, a primary client across the many domains, as you mentioned earlier, information technology, vehicles, buildings. So the, VA, the, v, the GSA staff is now scattered because of pandemic. The constituents are scattered because of pandemic. How does that fit in and mix up the mode question? And how do you do that integration when everyone's scattered and on a different mode than they might've been earlier? 
Hey, Tom, it's a great question. I mean, I started uh, my position on September 28th and I've never met any of my employees with my office. I've never met in person the administrator or the deputy administrator. And I feel like I haven't missed a beat. I mean, I've really been brought into the culture and into the operations very quickly. I think one of the things that's extremely important out there is our customers want to know who they can talk to. So there's certain expectations that are set, especially with um, only 4% of our workforce last year since the pandemic has gone in on a given day. So the ability uh, to do chat, the ability to be reached quickly, I've actually, we've, we've actually seen improvements in that area since we've gone to this. So it's, it's been disruptive, I would say, in a good way. Um, the other thing is our administrator. Uh, we pulled together uh, customer dashboards and she brings in the Office of Customer Experience when she has meetings at the highest levels with the other agencies and shares those dashboards for what's most meaningful at that highest level, whether it's a cabinet secretary or a head of another agency. And we do those same types of things at the lower level too. So I really think that focus on customer experience from the top and the bottom has been really successful for us. And I feel that we've been very much supported with technology and wanna give a shout out to our CIO and our entire leadership team for supporting that. But as Linda said, that personal touch point is, is critical. And in some cases, the expectation comes because people are working from home and they suppose they're available more quickly via chat, that there's an expectation that is set there too. Thanks. Okay, yes. And so Marie, let me throw you this question. Of course, you have to have good customer experience only when the people delivering it have the tools they need. And they are also multimodal, just like the recipients of the customer experience are. And so what are some of the technological approaches that are emerging to be able to empower the deliverers of service with the information and the technology they need so that whatever mode the client comes in with, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's um, a number of things. One is really trying to capture all the information about that experience in one place. So when it comes to that agent or that employee to help service them, that they're armed with that information. So for instance, and this is the integrating of channels, if somebody comes to your website and they start to search for information, which typically they do first, right? They're, they're frustrated, they can't find it, right? So they hit a chat button or they ask to submit some type of request, right? That should be a very contextual request. So if that chat pops up, that agent should know this is where this person was on the website and this is the article or information they were looking at. So they can pick up that like a conversation right? Very important. It's also important in some of the technology um, around, someone mentioned chatbots and artificial intelligence and knowledge bases, to have that same capability internally for your employees, right? Because that can help them as they have a constituent on the phone or trying to service somebody to be able to more quickly find the relevant information, be able to, you know, service that person very quickly. So those are some of the technologies that we're really seeing. Um, to help employees. And also with that kind of effective technology and that kind of good information, you can start onboarding your employees a lot quicker. We've had some customers that have said they went from six months to six weeks to have that kind of good knowledge base and artificial intelligence to help empower their employees, which is really important because they today are fielding more you know, volume than ever. Right. And they're at home a lot of times now. So they don't have somebody to tap on the shoulder next to them to say, hey, can you help me with this? They really have to have good collaboration tools. Yeah. Chris, let me ask you, do you have a hierarchy and a, a, a technological base to carry out that questioning hierarchy from web to maybe chat to we better call this person or yeah. it's in the extreme case they need to come in, that type of thing? How do you do all that routing and decision treeing? Yeah, and it, it's a good question. I mean, I, just to piggyback on what Maria was saying, I mean, one of the things that we've really done, which has helped our customer service representatives, is um, provide them with the same view that our customers are seeing. So to Maria's point that they go to the web first, and a lot of times they'll go to the web, they'll play around, see if they can find out what's going on, and then call us while they're online. Our CSRs now have the ability to see what they're doing. 
um, and they can follow them along to help them um, either navigate to where they need to go or to provide them the answers they need or to, to direct them somewhere else. But, but that ability has been critically important um, and, and a huge uh, improvement in the way um, our customer service representatives are able to help people. Just real quickly going back to something um, Ed was saying, uh, you know, this whole idea of going remote, uh, you know, both internally within FSA and the Department of Education in our various workplaces has been a challenge. Um, it was a huge challenge for us with our, with our CSR population, right? So we had 11 different servicers who need, we needed to take them remote in a period of a week. And, you know, this is, you know, tens of thousands of people who are trying to continue to service our customers while at the same time, you know, dealing with everything else that we're dealing with, like my Wi-Fi issues at home or my kids are working at home or whatever. And that in and of itself was a huge challenge, but kudos to the team uh, for really coming together. I mean, we had one service center that had an earthquake while all of this stuff was going on. So not only were they trying to go remote, not only were they trying to take a pandemic, they're in the middle of an earthquake. So, you know, trying to deal with all these things, you know, we've really become very agile in terms of how we, we operate and how we're, able to, how we're able to help people. And I think it's just a real testament to everyone as we've gone through all of this. And Linda, I was just curious at Veterans Affairs, because you have these different constituents from different eras, and you've still got World War II people coming to Veterans Affairs all the way to the most recent people that have mustered out of the Defense Department. And so there must be a mode of activity that is associated with each of these generations. It's almost like the, the uh, geology of veterans going from their 20s to their 90s. And that must affect how you approach the whole customer experience piece. Absolutely, Tom, it does. And that's why we give the multiple channels we were talking about for ways to reach us. Um, that's why we have, as Maria was referring to, the chat bot. And we have the, the vet text I said that enables us to reach out and send message, push messages um, for those veterans who, who don't have the capability, of course, um, we have phones if they're not using um, a, a web-enabled uh, cell phone or something else in their home. Um, and that's certainly the case in some of the rural areas still or, or by choice. Um, so they're not native to technology and they don't feel comfortable. So for our main ways that everyone can reach us is by phone. And in 2017, we ensured we had the 24-7 capability, live answer, White House VA hotline. There was one number. It is backed by a, um, a CRM uh, system and Salesforce, so we can triage right there um, a concern that someone may have. Now, the important thing about that is we also have a warm handoff immediately for those veterans who are in crisis not only to the crisis line, but also to for those who are homeless or those who, who need assistance with food, et cetera, shelter. Um, we're able to provide that immediately. And then we know so many veterans, maybe they just want to know what's the address? How do I get there? What hours is this part of the pharmacy functioning? And that's why we implemented uh, recently the combined uh, capability of all our contact centers through the MyVA 411, that, um, that front door that is um, automated, self-automated, unless they want to speak to a live agent. And of course, both of these, all the agents have the same knowledge management library and the ability to tap in to, um, to Salesforce for uh, customer support. My guests today are Dr. Linda Davis. She's the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Veterans Affairs Department. Chris Green is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for Student Experience and Aid Delivery for Federal Student Aid at the Department of Education. Maria Country is the Regional Vice President at Zendesk. And Ed Walters is the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Improving the Digital Customer Experience in Government, sponsored by Zendesk here on Federal News Network. 
Government organizations rely on Zendesk to deliver the best possible constituent and employee user experiences. Zendesk helps government organizations provide customer service at any scale. Zendesk's easy-to-use secure customer service platform allows your teams to centralize communication, streamline workflows, and analyze trends while they're happening. Our tools help government agencies manage COVID-19 response and remote workforces. That means greater efficiency and happier citizens and employees. Zendesk is a FedRAMP authorized solution. Learn more at Zendesk.com FNN. Welcome back to our panel discussion, Improving the Digital Customer Experience in Government, sponsored by Zendesk here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Dr. Linda Davis, the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Ed Walters is the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration. Maria Country is the Regional Vice President at Zendesk. And Chris Green is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for the Student Experience and Aid Delivery for Federal Student Aid at the Education Department. I'm your moderator, Tom Tem. And someone mentioned artificial intelligence, and I want to ask about that as one of the many technological tools and strategies you might be employing to kind of power up the next generation of customer experience. And uh, Linda, why don't we start with you? What are some of the tools that you need to rev this up and how are you applying them? Well, Tom, this is one of the back-end essential parts, as Maria mentioned, that's so uh, important to making sure the nuances of being able to answer a, a customer um, in real time and with awareness of what their concerns are is it, so essential, but it's not the part anyone sees. So uh, we hope not. Um, that um, in, in 2019, the VA launched our National Artificial Intelligence Institute. And that has enabled us to um, adapt and adopt um, AI to help address a wide range of um, impacts, especially right now during the global pandemic. Um, this has enabled us to be more responsive to support the care needed by uh, our veterans and their families. Um, our um, National Artificial Intelligence Institute, for instance, um, works very closely um, with other um, agencies now with the pandemic and vaccinations, et cetera. It also works with the Department of Defense and we have a joint AI center and that helps us learn how our incoming veterans, those who are in active duty military service now, what they're going to need, what's important to them, kind of anticipate the numbers of those who will be using our hospitals, for instance. Um, with AI, we've been able to create um, an AI chat bot. It's called now Coronavirus Chatbot. And this was created in partnership with listening to our veterans and responding to their rapid increase in, in the number of information requests that they were having. Um, it allows us to respond directly. So we have things like the ability now to have basic symptom checking, um, how that we can give a, a veteran this self-symptom checker, a, a tool that's aligned with CDC guidance. We've got veteran-focused FAQs, um, information to help them access the care that they need, what is open, what time of the day, when and how do I set up the appointments and get safe care. And, and finally, the need-specific contact information, which is really responsive to the customer. And that's where we give our veterans clear direction to help them click quickly um, and clearly connect to somebody to talk specifically about their needs when it's appropriate and, and when that's what they're asking for. So again, that multi-channel, but applying the AI enables us to be more responsive. And Chris, let me ask you, when you are designing the systems that you are delivering to the student aid recipients, what is it you ask of your tech people in terms of the effect you want on what it is you're delivering? Sure. It's a great question, Tom. Um, you know, I think one of the things, you know, as we've said before, we want to provide our customers with the ability to uh, communicate with us, interact with us at the time of their choice uh, using the technology that they're most comfortable with. And that ranges everywhere from simply a phone call, which is perfectly fine, to web, to social media, what have you. Um, just this past year, actually, we introduced um, uh, a virtual assistant called Aiden, um, which is a little bit of a takeoff on our name, obviously. And uh, it, it's really been amazing. Um, 
you know, this was something where we really had no idea. Um, you know, we knew people were interested in it. We didn't know how much they were going to utilize it. We set out uh, an objective to get 50,000 of our customers to use it in the first year. Um, we had 650,000 customers use it in 10 months. Um, Aiden now uh, can answer about 3,000 different questions uh, that our customers pose, everything from how do I apply for aid, what types of aid are available, to how do I make a payment, who's my servicer, what phone number can I call. And it's really been a, 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 a game changer for us in a variety of different ways. Um, it, it's, it's reinforced to us that um, people want to use virtual assistants. Um, people are rightly so critical when we don't put the time and effort uh, and, and, and get it right. And, and Aiden, just like many of our customers, is going to school. Aiden is still learning. We are teaching Aiden every day new things to, to, to help people with. Um, the other thing that it does is, especially during this period of time where people may be trying to pick up the phone and call our, our contact centers, Aiden can help answer those questions and then take some of that pressure off of them so that people who have questions that can't be answered by Aiden just yet can make it into the contact centers with maybe a lower call time or a lower wait time. So it's really been it's really been a game changer. Interesting. So, Maria, is that to say that uh, you need systems not necessarily with artificial intelligence per se, or is that what we mean by artificial intelligence? a system that is constantly being informed by new data and therefore refining the way that it responds. Absolutely. That is what it means. And, and AI by definition does that, right? And I think um, to Chris's point, when you look at AI, and this is what's so important about it, with, again, I'll go back to the, especially the unprecedented volumes this year, the need to offload these already overworked, um, you know, employees that are really trying to help be very responsive. AI can very much help do that. One of the other things that we see a lot of organizations doing is AI does, you want to continually keep having it learn because there's nothing more frustrating than working with, and we've all done it, um, a chatbot or something that's not answering your question at all, right? It's so frustrating. Um, what what also we see and, and we enable here with Zendesk is the ability to take it's a, it's a learning for you internally as well, constantly to understand where are you falling short on, for instance, the knowledge base, the information that that, that chatbot or your um, agents can access, right? So you can, you can see that and get that visibility so you can continuously improve the information you're providing, not only externally to citizens, but to your agents to answer questions. And what we see is also important is yeah, you want tech people, but you need to be agile, right? Our customers are saying, I, I can't go to my IT department every time I have to make a change in adding information to my knowledge base or changing routing because of the way we're routing this particular um, you know, inquiry is not working. We need the ability to have our business people, administrators, people be able to do that very quickly and agilely. So that's what we see is really crucial in kind of reacting to being able to, to just continuously increase customer satisfaction responses. Yeah, Ed, let me ask you uh, on that same question, what are some of the enabling technologies and also how do you tailor the system depending on what the question might be? You could get a question about the operation of a multiple award government-wide contract offering. That's very different from the inquiries you might come into GSA about a lease situation or a landlord or and on and on and on. It goes across the domains. So what are your thoughts on powering this up to keep it in a learning mode and a continuously improving mode. Yeah, I really appreciate Chris and Maria's comments. I had worked for another agency um, and it had left that agency for a while and then came back and over a 10 year period, they were using the same chatbot and it was not up to date. It was not learning quickly and was giving unsatisfactory answers. So if you're not gonna do it well, um, it's better not to do it at all, right? So it does still require, even though it automates some of those tasks and allows employees to do other high value ta tasks for the customers, it has to be monitored and, and made sure that it's either continuously learning or, or um, updated, you know, augmented, updated. 
Um, I think the other thing that I'd like to talk about is, you know, we've talked a little bit about CRM. We've talked a little bit about um, other ways of reaching customers. And that's one of the things too is, um, Tom, the data, right? The availability of customer data across the entire enterprise. Um, and typically in federal government or in the past, data was very siloed and customer data didn't go into one place. And one of the things we really want to make sure in our office, we have great robust survey capability. We don't want to over survey people. We want to basically paint a customer picture and see what's going on, utilizing data throughout the whole organization, using web analytics data to see what the customer experience is in terms of where they're staying, where they're dropping off. That tells us a lot. Then we do augment with some surveys to add that those personal interviews. And one of the things that our administrator has been great about is making sure in account managers goals that there's a combination of all those mechanisms, that there's so much face-to-face -face contact where they're asking for feedback in addition to using chat automated tools. And then we had just talked about how AI can supplement that. Thanks. Yes, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Just to piggyback on what Ed's saying about data, I agree with everything he said. There's another side of data, though, that frankly, from a government perspective, I think we still have some challenges on, especially as it relates to customer experience. And that's the ability for government agencies to seamlessly and securely share data for the betterment of customers. So for example, we have the FAFSA, which is the free application for federal student aid, which is the application um, that determines your eligibility to, to obtain aid from us. That has a uh, question library of something like 100 questions, and we've taken great steps over the years to simplify that using skip logic to reduce the number of questions down that are presented to people, um, and we are going to take more uh, given some legislation that just came through. But the fact of the matter is, we're all from government. We all have the same data. We know, you know what people are. You shouldn't have to answer more than one or two questions. What's your name and what's your unique identifier? And we should be able to gather that from our different you know, uh, government colleagues to make it a far better experience for customers as opposed to creating these applications and other, and there's, there's a thousand different examples of this. But, but we should be able to think like that and, and, and share this data for the betterment of those that we serve. I guess maybe one of these days, the uh, client, the customer will sit in front of a camera and then it'll all automatically come up because their eyes will say who it is. Linda, some comments. Uh, I totally agree with Chris on the importance of that um, and the frustration. We're all citizens here on this call not only we are our own customers every single day we we have to interact with the government in some way and then you add in the state and local um, i just say that while that's the ideal state chris um, and tom the challenges we have seen just between dod and the va where you have essentially the same customer just at different points in their life cycle just trying to integrate the, their medical records through the electronic health record um, using uh, different platforms and our, our VA profiles to collect even the, the same address, the home of record, um, the same benefits information so you can be rated. Um, it's, a, it's a tremendous challenge. And it's um, a lot of money has been spent and a lot of very, very bright people are trying to do the right thing for those who have served this country. And it is hard, um, unfortunately. I look forward to the day that I can just put my information in once at Social Security and everybody knows everything about me. Yes. You certainly do on social media now. That has been the holy grail, I think, for government as long as I've been covering it, and that's a lot of decades. We have a few minutes left, and I want to ask a question starting with Maria, and that is the back end of this. How do you ensure that you are measuring accurately what it is you think you're delivering that, in fact, is being received by those that you're delivering it to? Yeah, and I think that 
part of it is really starting with what's important to the customers. I mean, I can talk about what, what a lot of our, like we, we see um, agencies, organizations, and even on the private sector, um, some of the typical things that when you're talking about servicing your constituent base, you look at things like customer satisfaction, right? And trying to gauge how satisfied are they? You know, how quickly are you responding to them? The response time for a particular issue or how, like how many, you know, how, what percentage is your first touch resolution? So somebody contacts you and the first time they contact you, they get the answer, which is the holy grail of what everybody wants. Right. So those are some of the the more important things that we see that that organizations measure. But I would also say, and Dr. Davis and others, Ed and Chris all talked about it, really go into your constituent base and saying what's important to them and looking at their journey. So the, but those are some of the areas that I would say that's the important things to measure. Okay, we have just a moment left. Ed, we'll get you the last comment on feedback and making sure that you're delivering what people say they want. I think it's very important, Tom, and I agree with everything Maria was saying to get that customer feedback at all levels. Uh, we see, I talked about those customer dashboards at the highest levels, and we wanna make sure obviously those leaders are satisfying that we're helping their customers with the overall mission, but we also are taking a look at who is the person within that agency a couple of layers in that actually has to use our solutions? How quickly are they getting it done? How easily are they getting it done? Because we're not only trying to make sure there's an ROI from our perspective, but that others aren't wasting their time because our systems are too difficult. So we look at it at all levels, customer satisfaction. All right. Well, it's uh, on that note, we're going to have to close today's discussion, but it is really encouraging to see the wonderful progress that agencies are making, and they definitely are relative to 10, 12 years ago, relative to a couple of years ago. So I want to thank today's guests. Ed Walters is the Chief Customer Officer at the General Services Administration, Dr. Linda Davis, the Chief Veterans Experience Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Chris Green is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer for Student Experience and Aid Delivery for the Federal Student Aid Office at the Department of Education, and Maria Country, the Regional Vice President for Zendesk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Zendesk. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Improving the Digital Customer Experience in Government, sponsored by Zendesk on Federal News Network.